Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Empire of Echoes, written by Chapaling. We'd known of the humans for some time now. We recovered dozens of probes and unmanned vessels originating from their empire and even acquired specimens. We'd studied their anatomy and technology and deemed it appropriate to send out a diplomat, in this case, myself. As the cluster had heard that I was to travel to an uncolonized region of space, they were deeply worried for me. As vast as our mental link was, human territory was well beyond it. As I prepared my vessel to make the journey to the cluster, left memories for me to remember them by. We had no way of knowing how long this journey would be. Before I was about to leave our territory behind, our leadership gave me one last confirmation to leave the cloud behind. To leave the cloud has only been done a few times. In the ancient times of our people, one could leave the cloud of his tribe to find another cloud. But as our knowledge of neural gases grew, we were able to cast our minds to the furthest reaches of our world. An entire planet's worth of individual knowledge shared amongst all. No crime unpunished, no want unmet, no love known. Even as we spread amongst the stars and our ship sealed the black void for decades, if not centuries, our thoughts were always shared. Every discovery of our home world was shared in unison to even the furthest colonies. To break from the cloud, to be a true individual, was paralyzing. I was in hibernation for the majority of the voyage across the expanse between our two peoples, only occasionally waking up to keep my body from wasting away. Every time I awoke, the whispers of my race became quieter and quieter. At first, I could receive the occasional visitor from a distant colony, but now only the most powerful of thoughts and actions had the strength to reach my mind. Once, as I awoke for the third time, I felt my father calling out for me. When I awoke for the fifth, I tried to reach out for him, but could not hear anything. The thought occurred to me that by taking this sacred task, I would never receive the memories of my parents and friends as they passed on. I would never be able to be a part of them with me. On the 21st awakening from the hibernation, I was informed that the journey had been completed. I opened my mind to humanity, expecting to be flooded with curious minds. But there was nothing I approached a world, admitting signals that I thought must be the humans, and landed on a dry, barren world, hoping to understand why humanity had rejected me from their cloud. I assumed humans' form was its original plan. My body felt strong and capable. It was somewhat enjoyable distraction from the silence in my mind. The ship remained in orbit, and I traveled by speeder from the remainder of the journey. I journeyed across the planet for a week before I found a trace of civilization. I wondered how a species that sent out probes could have a whole world so devoid of life. I feared for the worst but remained steadfast in my search for the human ruler. The settlement that I came across was dug into the side of a mesa. 
Large walls, both in hand-chiseled bricks and lined with wire coated with micro-blades, are surrounding the complex. I stepped out of my speeder and approached the settlement with my hands raised. A dozen humans appeared, some standing behind the rampart of the walls, and others took positions behind bags of dirt with sharpened metal beams poking out of them. Thankful that we translated the human tongue, I explained to the humans that I was looking for the ruler of humanity. They appeared confused. This angered them. They all carried pipes, which they insisted on pointing at me. When they determined that I wasn't a threat, I was allowed in. As much as I tried, I could not feel any human mind reaching out to me. The settlement was a mystery to me. Inside the walls was a variety of technology was always on display. Some of the humans carried bows from ancient times. Worker droids cleaned the dust-covered buildings built of the hand-chopped wood. I was guided into a mountain where the majority of the settlement was. I passed through dozens of rooms which cries, screams, and roars. All human could be heard. I asked what could possibly be going on in those rooms. I was informed that those were prisoner rooms for survivors of any bandit raids. I asked what a bandit was, which earned a laugh from all the involved. I didn't understand, but allowed them to guide me to the center of the mountain. Sitting on a golden throne was a hard-looking man with one of his arms replaced with a crude metal prosthetic. Resting heavily on his tattooed leg was a laser rifle covered in scuff marks and tallies. It was only me and about ten heavily armed guards, and now, more than ever, I wished that I could call out to the cloud for a protector to guide me through the inevitable conflict. I attempted to explain my intention to gain an audience with the leader of humanity. He asked what tribe humanity was since he'd never heard of it. I tried in vain to explain to the leader that they were all humanity. He took exception to this and had me in bonds. My weak attempts at liberating myself were rewarded with a shot to the head with a stonic rifle. I awoke with a pulsing headache and a blurred vision. I was stuck in a small room with only a bed, a bucket, and my shadow. Each sleep cycle was the same. I would wake up from my dreamless sleep searching for clusters that were not there. I would eat the meal provided to me, perform the exercise of the body, and then meditate until Oaken Briar spoke to me. Oaken spoke to all of the prisoners for as far as I was aware. Each day he would speak of freedom and how to attain it, how all that I had to do was find someone to replace me. His feeble attempts for me to give up my morality and enslave a sapient in exchange for freedom was insulting and I had no sway. The other prisoners were not so strong-willed as I. Every few months there'd be a new cellmate next to me. I wondered when I would be executed or otherwise dealt with. I'd remained in the same cell for two years and ten months when my chance arrived. It was well into the long, cold night of the desert when the fortress I was trapped in came under attack. Explosions rocked the rock walls of the cell. I held my breath and listened to my captors prepare for battle. Gunshots popped outside, silenced by those occasional death cries, and a particularly violent explosion cracked the hole in the cave wall around the doorframe. I kicked at the door and felt a willing pride as it fell with a tremendous crash onto the cave floor. I snatched a club laying abandoned in the hallway and opened up the other cell doors. Between the prisoners attacking them from the rear and the mysterious attackers from the gates, my captors fell quickly. The attackers welcomed the prisoners into their ranks for the assistance. 
I wanted nothing to do with any group but this awful world. I just wanted to come back to the cloud. I rejected both of them and searched for the settlement for my speeder. With the speeder recovered, I dismissed the disgusting settlement behind and set the course for my ship. It was just such a pity that the ship was no longer in orbit, because, uh, why would it be? This planet is just a big ball of murder and sadness. Another two months of traveling passed until I found a large settlement that didn't appear tribal. I felt a great sense of relief when I saw my ship travel spacewards from the center. I'd finally found a way off this awful rock. I was able to sell my speeder for a fair sum and purchase a place on the ship off of this wretched planet. I took my surviving equipment with me. I wasn't willing to part with it just yet. I checked the galactic map to find out where I'd purchased a ticket to. It was a planet only six light years away. It'd take perhaps a few months to get a more developed planet and take the next shuttle to the homeworld and then finally speak to the Emperor about the appalling state of their domain. No identification was required for the trip and I boarded without incident. I stowed my belongings away in the cargo hold and stepped onto the hibernation chamber. Family members, hugged and tears were had. It was a humbling to see a species capable of such horrific acts to also have a caring side. I still wondered how a species incapable of sharing minds could still be so close. I stood in the chamber and allowed the call to embrace me and knock me out. When the hibernation chamber cracked open, my joints felt weak and numb. Humans were awful at cryotechnology, as well as it turned out. I blinked my eyes and tried to look around. Everything was bright. I felt blinded. Hands grabbed me gently and guided me out into the chamber and onto a stretcher. My body was limp and unable to move. How was it possible for such a short jaunt of six light years to take such a toll on the body? Strength came back to my body slowly. My eyes adjusted to the bright blue light around me. After some effort, I was able to move my hand. I was guided by synthetic hands into a cross-legged position on a floating platform. I wasn't sure what was on the platform, but I was far better on it than I had been before. I blinked and looked around at the space that I was in. I was a far cry from the dust-covered surroundings I'd left. The room was made of brushed metal in an arch that stretched up into the heavens, beyond my line of sight. On either side of me, a colossal window exposed the space to the marvelous blue of the sky outside. Plants grew in the air, suspended by millions of small pulsating orbs that their roots clung to. At the center of the room was a large circular bed as white as snow. Sitting in it was a small, weak frame covered in wires and metal tubes. As two synthetics brought me closer to the figure, I could see portions of the figure were metallic. The figure turned around as we approached. He had a soft features and was only barely identifiable as male. He dismissed the synthetics with a wave of his hand, and a platform while I was sitting on landed in a bed opposite the figure. He introduced himself as the mind of humanity. I asked where I was. I explained that I'd been on a ship and another star system, and that it was urgent that I made it to the capital of Earth to complete my mission. He called the planet we were on... Earth. I wondered aloud how such an advanced species could have only two planets under their domain. The mind shook his hand and assumed the same sitting position as myself. I was informed that the ship had never made it to the intended destination. The mind casually noted that it was an unfortunate miracle that the ship had drifted past thousands of colonies without detection, 
Instead, it was found drifting after an attack that had only recently been discovered. When I asked how much time had passed, the mind took pause. He asked me if my race was susceptible to shock. I asked how he knew that which he ignored and repeated his question. I felt defeated to be discovered so easily. I assured him the shock does not hurt us. The mind said in a slow and assuring tone that based on my equipment that they had found that I'd been drifting in space for 15,000 years and 2% light speed. My heart sank. Would my people still exist? Would they know of my mission? Had they already started an embassy? Was my suffering in vain? For much of the day, my mind and I spoke. We spoke about the savage planet that I had endured in and the nature of humans not having any clusters of their own. But above all, we spoke about the limits of humanity's reach. I asked how a species could maintain a cohesive empire without FTL communications or transport. To cut a long answer short, they simply ignored the problem. Each planet that had humans on it was independent from any other, unified in race only. Without neural links, communicating to a nearby planet could take a decade or longer to share information. To send goods or help would take centuries or longer. What they lacked in coordination, they compensated with sheer quantity. Billions of colonists flooded into generation ships plotted to the furthest reaches of space. In the millennia that they traveled, the empty empire that they belonged to would rise and fall but live on in the colonists that they sent. The human planets I'd seen 15,000 years ago was part of the fifth ring of imperial culture. Now, though, who knows what it looked like. The mind offered to give me a faster ship so that I could return home. As tempting as it was, I knew my own people would be as alien to me as these humans were. It pained me to decline the offer, but I did so. The mind understood my choice and allowed me to stay on Earth as long as I pleased. As I made myself at home in one of the many guest rooms in the Imperial Palace, I opened my mind more in vain hope that I could feel something, hear anything. I was met with nothing, not just static, not echoes or stars, but nothing at all. Even other human worlds, I could hear whispers, but on Earth itself, I was death to the universe. What a strange race. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.